Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey guys, you're listening to God's Whole Story. This is Chelsea, and I'm here today with Ryan. I guess I'm always here with you, huh? Stuck here. <laughs> Unless you're out being sick for from, your first trimester. From now until December 31st, 2021. I um, hope we record the final episode on... December 30th at midnight. <laughs> it would really be in line with how this is going. Actually, I hope I'm on Christmas vacation <laughs> at that me point. Me too. I'm on maternity leave, so I really hope I'm not here at all. <laughs> okay. Back to the Bible. Um, so we have a pretty big passage here today. I mean, we have we have Isaiah, which is great. Isaiah's great. But <laughs> but Israel Are you patronizing is patronizing Isaiah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, I would never. But we also have Israel finally being exiled. Actually, it's kind of funny because we read the way I read it in my head when we were reading this was finally in the ninth year, Samaria fell and the people were exiled. <laughs> we've, we've been anticipating this for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been coming. It's been talked about long for a long, long time before they even knew they were going to be Assyrians. <laughs> but what stuck out to you? Um, this is, this might be like in the weeds a little bit, but we read a, a passage from Isaiah. It's Isaiah twenty eight seventeen. I will test you with the measuring line of justice and the plumb line of righteousness. Um, this theme of plumb line is really present in a lot of the prophets. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the reason that's interesting to me is that like, we believe that we are interacting with a real like sacred text, like that's inspired by God. Um, I don't know that we actually talk about that often, um, but what we're dealing with is um, it's a text inspired by God, like written by people. And it's it's compelling to me to note that like the reason that there, a lot of these themes are present, so Plumbline is present in several prophets, mm-hmm. is because they're getting the message from the same source. I think we talked, I think Micah was when we talked about it last um, but yeah, it was in Amos. Oh, Amos. That's it, what was. it was in Amos. My bad. Um, Amos. it's in Isaiah. I believe it's in Zechariah. Um, but it's, it's not like those guys, I mean, first of all, they're not even necessarily together or close or anything like that. Right. It's not like they were live at the same time. <laughs> it's not like they all got together and said, we should talk about plumb line. <laughs> it's that God's heart was that a plumb line would be coming. And because they're all hearing from exactly the same source, they're, they're hearing supernaturally from God. Mm. The plumb line is present in all these books. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the dumb thing I noticed, um, you don't, th- you didn't think that was dumb or <laughs> if we're talking about dumb things, <laughs> the dumb thing I noticed was, uh, Isaiah's message to Samaria is the heading in the very first passage that we read today. And in my mind, whenever I think Samaria or I see the word Samaria, I automatically think of Samaria in Jesus time, which was hated by the Jews. Um, and so in my mind, I'm thinking that this is a message for a nation that's not Israel, but in actuality, it it is Israel's what capital city? Is that what we would call it? Yeah, it's it's one of the historical capital cities of the kingdom of Israel. Yeah, so this this is a message for Samaria, the Israelites, basically the mm-hmm. northern kingdom. It, it'd be similar to a prophecy against Jerusalem, right? Uh, for Judah, <laughs> does that make say, it more or less? No, confusing? I thought you were going to say Washington D.C., and I was like, don't go there. <laughs> also that. <laughs> Um, so Samaria or slash the Northern kingdom, Israel finally falls to Assyria. This thing that we've been waiting for happens and they are 
exiled. And I think the other thing that stuck out to me is that the king of Assyria was like, oh, man, lions are eating my people. Go teach them how to worship the Lord. Isn't that crazy? The king of Assyria is more receptive to God's will than the king of Israel. Crazy. However, his approach is not centered specifically around Yahweh. Right. Well, I mean, of course. But I just think it's so funny that, like, so somebody, some priest went back to Samaria and was like, this is how you worship the Lord. But the foreigners worshiped God. And um, their gods. But what's funny to me is that they worship God and other gods, but um, the Lord stopped sending lions to eat them. <laughs> I think God is gracious. Okay. <laughs> but also there is always judgment. Mm-hmm. There's always judgment. Um, it, it's, it's a slap in the face to the people of God that the king of Assyria sends foreigners to their land to yeah. worship their God because they couldn't do it. Mm. Oh, that is like super hurtful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you say it like that. Yeah. Um, an- another passage that, that is, it's always, and I don't know if I'm too heavy sometimes or too critical sometimes, but it is something like <laughs> a window into my brain. Um, it's a passage that I, I just pay attention to personally. Um, this I, It's Isaiah... What is this? This is Isaiah 1. It's Isaiah 1, um, starting in like verse 10-ish. It goes down through verse Mm 15-ish. I just noticed that because basically God is paying attention to their religious practice, but it doesn't actually meet the bar. Um, And it convicts me because it's like, okay, cool. Like, Ryan, it's it's great that you're at church. It's great that you're singing Waymaker with your hands in the sky. Uh, In the first take, I said God of Wonders, but that's pretty old. Um, (laughs) you, you can check all the right boxes. You can look very awesome and God's not fooled and God's not tricked. And these, these folks, you know, these, these people, they're offering sacrifices and then they're leaving the, they're leaving their, the temple, they're leaving their place of worship. They're headed to some pagan shrine, you know, like it's possible to look like you're worshiping God without worshiping God. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it's just convicting to me of those times when it's like, man, I, my heart has to be in the right place. Like I have to be so built on God. I'd say that's actually like a, a place that my mind's at a lot recently is mm-hmm. that, man, I have to be so consumed by love for God and not love for God plus something mm-hmm. like, like, you know, God in my family, God in my relationships, God in my church, God in my coffee, God in my job. It's mm-hmm. actually just God. Yeah. And when you go down a, a couple of verses this is what obedience looks like to him. Learn to do good, seek justice, help the oppressed, defend the cause of orphans, fight for the rights of widows. But what I don't want to do is take that out of context because you know what? Humanists do all those things, but they don't love the Lord. <laughs> like we loving God makes you love people. And so you see that they're doing these religious practices, but their love for God is obviously not there. Otherwise they would have a heart for the people around them. You know who did that? Like Jesus did that. <laughs> it's it's not a surprise to us if we understand God's whole story. Right. That all of a sudden the Messiah shows up, God incarnate. And what's he like to do? <laughs> he likes to stand up for the oppressed. He likes <laughs> right. to take care of widows. He likes to seek out care for orphans. Yeah. It's like, it's what God does. Yeah. It's all, very cool. All in the name of God, the father. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
Isaiah 28, beginning in verse 1. What sorrow awaits the proud city of Samaria, the glorious crown of the drunks of Israel? It sits at the head of a fertile valley, but its glorious beauty will fade like a flower. It is the pride of a people brought down by wine. For the Lord will send a mighty army against it, like a mighty hailstorm and torrential rain. They will burst upon it like a surging flood and smash it to the ground. The proud city of Samaria, the glorious crown of the drunks of Israel, will be trampled beneath its enemy's feet. It sits at the head of a fertile valley, but its glorious beauty will fade like a flower. Whoever sees it will snatch it up, as an early fig is quickly picked and eaten. Then at last the Lord of heaven's armies will himself be Israel's glorious crown. He will be the pride and joy of the remnant of his people. He will give a longing for justice to their judges. He will give great courage to the warriors who stand at the gates." Now, however, Israel is led by drunks who reel with wine and stagger with alcohol. The priests and prophets stagger with alcohol and lose themselves in wine. They reel when they see visions and stagger as they render decisions. Their tables are covered with vomit. Filth is everywhere. Who does the Lord think we are, they ask? Why does he speak to us like this? Are we little children just recently weaned? He tells us everything over and over, one line at a time, one line at a time, a little here and a little there. So now God will have to speak to his people through foreign oppressors who speak a strange language. God has told his people, here is a place of rest. Let the weary rest here. This is a place of quiet rest, but they would not listen. So the Lord will spell out his message for them again, one line at a time, one line at a time, a little here and a little there, so that they will stumble and fall. They'll be injured, trapped, and captured. Therefore, listen to this message from the Lord, you scoffing rulers in Jerusalem. You boast we have struck a bargain to cheat death and have made a deal to dodge the grave. The coming destruction can never touch us, for we have built a strong refuge made of lies and deception. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build upon. Whoever believes need never be shaken." I will test you with the measuring line of justice and the plumb line of righteousness. Since your refuge is made of lies, a hailstorm will knock it down. Since it is made of deception, a flood will sweep it away. I will cancel the bargain you made to cheat death, and I will overturn your deal to dodge the grave. When the terrible enemy sweeps through, you'll be trampled into the ground. Again and again, that flood will come, morning after morning, day and night, until you are carried away. This message will bring terror to your people. The bed you have made is too short to lie on. The blankets are too narrow to cover you. The Lord will come as he did against the Philistines at Mount Perizim and against the Amorites at Gibeon. He will come and do a strange thing. He will come and do an unusual deed. For the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, has plainly said that he is determined to crush the whole land. So scoff no more, or your punishment will be even greater. Listen to me. Listen and pay, pay close attention. Does a farmer always plow and never sow? Is he forever cultivating the soil and never planting? Does he not finally plant his seeds, black cumin, cumin, wheat, barley, and emmer wheat, each in its own proper way and each in its proper place? The farmer knows just what to do, for God has given him understanding. A heavy sledge is never used to thresh back cumin. Rather, it is beaten with a light stick. A threshing wheel is never rolled on cumin. Instead, it is beaten lightly with a flail. Grain for bread is easily crushed, so he doesn't keep on pounding it. He threshes it under the wheels of a cart, but he doesn't pulverize it. The Lord of Heaven's armies is a wonderful teacher, and he gives the farmer great wisdom. Second Kings 17, beginning in verse 5. Then the king of Assyria invaded the entire land, and for three years he besieged the city of Samaria. Second Kings 18, 9. During the fourth year of Hezekiah's reign, which was the seventh year of King Hoshea's reign in Israel, King Shalmaneser of Assyria attacked the city of Samaria and began a siege against it. 
three years later, during the sixth year of King Hezekiah's reign and the ninth year of King Hoshea's reign in Israel, Samaria fell. At that time, the king of Assyria exiled the Israelites to Assyria and placed them in colonies in Hala, along the banks of the Hebron River in Gozan, and in the cities of Medes. For they refused to listen to the Lord their God and obey them, him. Instead, they violated his covenant, all the laws that Moses, the Lord's servant, had commanded them to obey. 2 Kings 17, beginning in verse 6. Finally, in the ninth year of King Hoshea's reign, Samaria fell, and the people of Israel were exiled to Assyria. They were settled in colonies in Hala, along the banks of the Habor River in Gozan, and in the cities of the Medes. This disaster came upon the people of Israel because they worshipped other gods. They sinned against the Lord their God, who brought them safely out of Egypt, and rescued them from the power of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. They followed the practices of the pagan nations the Lord had driven from the land ahead of them, as well as the practices of the kings of Israel had introduced. The people of Israel had also secretly done many things that were not pleasing to the Lord their God. They built pagan shrines for themselves in all their towns, from the smallest outpost to the largest walled city. They set up sacred pillars and Asherah poles at the top of every hill and under every green tree. They offered sacrifices on all the hilltops, just like the nations the Lord had driven from the land ahead of them. So the people of Israel had done too many evil things, arousing the Lord's anger. Yes, they worshipped idols, despite the Lord's specific and repeated warnings. Again and again, the Lord had sent his prophets and seers to warn both Israel and Judah, turn from all your evil ways, obey my commands and decrees, the entire law that I commanded your ancestors to obey, and that I gave you through my servants, the prophets. But the Israelites would not listen. They were as stubborn as their ancestors who had refused to believe in the Lord their God. They rejected his decrees and the covenant he had made with their ancestors, and they despised all his warnings. They worshipped worthless idols, so they became worthless themselves. They followed the example of the nations around them, disobeying the Lord's command not to imitate them. They rejected all the commands of the Lord their God and made two calves from metal. They set up an Asherah pole and worshipped Baal and all the forces of heaven. They even sacrificed their own sons and daughters in the fire. They consulted fortune tellers and practiced sorcery and sold themselves to evil, arousing the Lord's anger. Because the Lord was very angry with Israel, he swept them away from his presence. Only the tribe of Judah remained in the land, but even the people of Judah refused to obey the commands of the Lord their God, for they followed the evil practices that Israel had introduced. The Lord rejected all the descendants of Israel. He punished them by handing them over to their attackers until he had banished Israel from his presence. For when the Lord tore Israel away from the kingdom of David, they chose Jeroboam, son of Nebat, as their king. But Jeroboam drew Israel away from the following the Lord and made them commit a great sin. And the people of Israel persisted in all the evil ways of Jeroboam. They did not turn from these sins until the Lord finally swept them away from his presence, just as all his prophets had warned. So Israel was exiled from their land to Assyria, where they remain to this day. The king of Assyria transported groups of people from Babylon, Kutha, Ava, Hamath, and Zerpharim, and resettled them in the towns of Samaria, replacing the people of Israel. They took possession of Samaria and lived in its towns. But since these foreign settlers did not worship the Lord when they first arrived, the Lord sent lions among them, which killed some of them. So a message was sent to the king of Assyria. The people you have sent to live in the towns of Samaria do not know the religious customs of the God of the land. He has sent lions among them to destroy them because they have not worshipped him correctly. The king of Assyria then commanded, Send one of the exiled priests back to Samaria. Let him live there and teach the new residents the religious customs of the God of the land. So one of the priests who had been exiled from Samaria returned to Bethel and taught the new residents how to worship the Lord. But these various groups of foreigners also continued to worship their own gods. 
In town after town where they lived, they placed their idols at the pagan shrines that the people of Samaria had built. Those from Babylon worshipped idols of their god Sukkoth-Benoth. Those from Kutha worshipped their god Nergal. And those from Hamath worshipped Ashima. The Avites worshipped their gods Nibhaz and Tartak. And the people from Sepharim even burned their own children as sacrifices to their gods Abdurimelech and Amnimelech. These new residents worshipped the Lord, but they also appointed from among themselves all sorts of people as priests to offer sacrifices to their places of worship. And though they worshipped the Lord, they continued to follow their own gods according to the religious customs of the nations from which they had come. And this is still going on to this day. They continue to follow their former practices instead of truly worshiping the Lord and obeying his decrees, regulations, instructions, and commands he gave the descendants of Jacob, whose name is changed to Israel. For the Lord had made a covenant with the descendants of Jacob and commanded them, Do not worship any other gods, or bow before them, or serve them, or offer sacrifices to them. But worship only the Lord who brought you out of Egypt with great strength and a powerful arm. Bow down to him alone and offer sacrifices to only him. Be careful at all times to obey the decrees, regulations, instructions, and commands that he wrote for you. You must not worship other gods. Do not forget the covenant I made with you, and do not worship other gods. You must worship only the Lord your God. He is the one who will rescue you from all your enemies." But the people would not listen and continued to follow their former practices. So while these new residents worshiped the Lord, they also worshiped their idols. And to this day, their descendants do the same. Isaiah 1, starting in verse 1. These are the visions that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. He saw these visions during the years when Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah were kings of Judah. Listen, O heavens, pay attention, earth. This is what the Lord says. The children I raised and cared for have rebelled against me. Even an ox knows its owner, and a donkey recognizes its master's care. But Israel doesn't know its master. My people don't recognize my care for them. Oh, what a sinful nation they are, loaded down with a burden of guilt. They are evil people, corrupt children who have rejected the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on Him. Why do you continue to invite punishment? Must you rebel forever? Your head is injured and your heart is sick. You are battered from head to foot, covered with bruises, welts, and infected wounds without any soothing ointments or bandages. Your country lies in ruins and your towns are burned. Foreigners plunder your fields before your eyes and destroy everything they see. Beautiful Jerusalem stands abandoned like a watchman's shelter in a vineyard, like a lean-to in a cucumber field after the harvest, like a helpless city after under siege. If the Lord of Heaven's armies had not spared a few of us, we would not we would have been wiped out like Sodom and destroyed like Gomorrah. Listen to the Lord, you leaders of Sodom. Listen to the law of our God, people of Gomorrah. What makes you think I will I want all your sacrifices, says the Lord? I'm sick of your burnt offerings of rams and fat of fattened cattle. I get no pleasure from the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to worship me, who asked you to parade through all the courts with all your ceremony? Stop bringing me your meaningless gifts. The incense of your offerings disgusts me. As, your, as for your celebration of the new moon and the Sabbath and your special days for fasting, they are all sinful and false. I want no more of your pious meetings. I hate your new moon celebrations and your annual festivals. They are a burden to me. I cannot stand them. When you lift up your hands in prayer, I will not look. Though you offer many prayers, I will not listen. 
For your hands are covered with the blood of innocent victims. Wash yourselves and be clean. Get your sins out of my sight. Give up your evil ways. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Help the oppressed. Defend the cause of the orphans. Fight for the rights of widows. Come, now let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. If you will only obey me, you will have plenty to eat. But if you turn away and refuse to listen, you will be devoured by the sword of your enemies. I, the Lord, have spoken. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.